Welcome back to the podcast. In this episode, I talk to Michelle, who recounts the stories of some miraculous, amazing healings that she's had over her life, including being healed of alcoholism, kidney disease, cirrhosis of the liver, uh, some amazing heart injuries or damage, and a broken ankle. And I'll just share a personal testimony that relates to the one about the broken ankle. So I recorded with Michelle on the Monday, and the Saturday before, I'd stepped off a a gutter and uh, rolled my ankle and went flat on my face had immediately swelled up. There was this big egg on the side of the ankle and I couldn't walk on it. And uh, after a couple come and helped, helped me up off the road and uh, gathered all my things, I hopped back to the car and drove home. Uh, I was about an hour from home in the car, which is fortunately an automatic. Anyway, by the time I got home, it was so unbearably painful. Uh, Emily had got some crutches for me and uh, I hobbled around home for, uh, for the next day or so before I decided I'd go to see the doctor because it was so, it got pain, more painful the next day uh, on the Sunday and uh, I just wanted to make sure that it wasn't broken. So the doctor confirmed that it wasn't broken, praise the Lord, but he did say that it was obviously a very serious sprain and that I would have to stay off the ankle uh, for, for the next week or so uh, before starting to put some pressure on it and start to walk again. And he said it'd probably be a four to six week recovery, which is pretty typical for these types of injuries, which I was pretty unhappy about because I don't really have time for four to six weeks of hobbling around or not being able to be mobile. And uh, the next day I woke up on the Monday and the, the ankle was more painful than ever. And I couldn't even rest on the ground. In fact, when I walked on the crutches and you swing your leg forward, that's not the leg that's damaged or elevated, even that was painful. And uh, I'd thought about, because I was a bit sad and sorry for myself, so I thought about maybe not interviewing Michelle that morning uh, until I felt better, but I decided to do that anyway. And um, and we just had such an amazing conversation and I was just completely uplifted by what God's done in her life. And anyway, I um, was listening to her story about her miraculous healing from a broken ankle and I'll let her tell that story shortly. But as I'm listening to her tell this story, I'm going, well, I'm no different to Michelle. I'm a son of God, just like she's a daughter of God. Why can't I be healed miraculously right now? And uh, anyway, we had a, a conversation and I'd prayed about it all the way from home when I hurt my ankle. But it was just that, that realization that I could be healed right now after listening to Michelle's story. Anyway, we finished our conversation and I stood up uh, and I stood up on both feet. And then I went, oh, wow. And then I walked down the hallway of my house, no crutches. And I'm like, this is amazing. Thank you, Lord. And so then I walked down the stairs in her house towards Emily's office. And she was yelling out, don't come down the stairs. I'll bring you a cup of tea or whatever it is you need. And I'm going, I don't need you to do that anymore because I've been healed. So um, thanks, Michelle, for telling that story because it boosted my faith and uh, gave me the, uh, the wonderful opportunity to have an amazing victory. And since then, you know, I think a couple of days later, I'd you know, ridden my bike into the city and, and uh, it hasn't helped me back one bit, which I'm really thankful for. So anyway, on to my interview with Michelle. Enjoy. Michelle, welcome to Revival on the Air today. Thanks, Ben. It's a real pleasure to be here. So you're joining us from the Sunshine Coast. I I'm am. here in Adelaide. Today, we're doing this uh, across the internet. Yes, the beautiful Sunshine Coast. I, I should have done this when I was up there back in, in August. That would have been the smarter thing to do. 
Uh, look, I'm really looking forward to hearing about your testimony. Somebody else gave me your name, actually, and said you need to talk to Michelle because she's got so many amazing miracles in her life. And I uh, look forward to delving into some of them today. One that you mentioned uh, earlier was when you first came to know God, you were an alcoholic. I was. At a pretty young age. At the age of 30, I was diagnosed as being an alcoholic, but also as a result of that, I had sclerosis of the liver. I was 30 years old and the doctors said to me, if you don't stop drinking right this minute, you will not last the year out. And right. um, so praise the Lord. And, and, you're, and you're in an environment that wasn't really conducive to not being an alcoholic. I, I was the public relations officer for uh, a wine company and I used to have to open bottles of wine at 10 o'clock in the morning. And then my first husband owned liquor stores. So when I got home from work, the party continued. So I would drink wow. 12 hours a day. Wow. Top shelf, <laughs> no rubbish, but it was <laughs> killing me. <laughs> I don't think cirrhosis of a liver cares. really cares about whether it's it top shelf care. or bottom shelf. No. Um, and so when you came to know God, um, can you tell me a little bit about that experience and then what happened with your, um, with your cirrhosis of the liver? Well, when I, uh, I first came to a meeting, my sister told me that she was coming to a meeting and I just got in the car and said, where are we going? And I, that was the first I knew about. She said, I'm just checking out this new church. And uh, I, I, I came into the meeting not having a clue what it was about. And as I was okay. sitting in the meeting, I started to get terrible fevers, headaches, sweating. And then every now and again, I'd sort of nod off and I'm thinking, what's going on here? And two days later... I was rushed to hospital with viral meningitis. Oh, wow. But during that meeting, one of the men came down from the platform because obviously I wasn't looking all that good. And he said, would you like me to have some prayer with you? And I said, yes, I'm so ill. And he said, say hallelujah for me. And three hallelujahs later, and I was speaking very fluently in tongues. So you received the Holy Spirit there and then. Right away. The Lord knew wow. I was in big trouble. Even though yeah. I didn't have a clue, the Lord knew that I needed him desperately. Yeah. Receiving the Holy Spirit was my first miracle. And the, and the biggest one. And the it's biggest amazing. one, yeah. yes. And, uh, and, and without that, I wouldn't have been able to survive the next stage of my life. Mm. Um, I always knew that I'd had cirrhosis of the liver. That moment I received the Holy Spirit, I never took another drink. Never yeah, had wow. the need, never had the wish or desire to have another drink. And then I w when I was rushed to hospital, I was diagnosed with viral meningitis. My sister got all the saints, the pe these people that I'd never met before. She asked them to pray for me. And then when the doctors did more tests on me, the lumbar puncture came back and they said, there's no sign of this viral meningitis. It's gone. Wow. And then as I was in the hospital, they said to me, but how long have you had this heart problem? And I thought they were having a lend to me because I was only young and the doctors were, you know, really funny and, and, and lighthearted. And I said, oh, that's a terrible thing to say to somebody. And the doctor said, no, seriously, you have to have open heart surgery. The valve in your heart is not working properly. And so two years later, I had to have open heart surgery. But the beautiful part about that was the doctors had shown me the pig's valve that they were going to put in and said that uh, every 10 years I would have to have it replaced because I was so young. And then when they opened me up to put the new valve in there, 
they cut away all the horrible scar tissue and there was this beautiful new valve sitting there, absolutely pristine. Hang on, hang on. What, what do you mean a new valve? There was a brand spanking new valve sitting in my heart. They cut away all the mucky scar tissue. They said that yeah. the valve would have rotted underneath all the scar tissue. When they cut away all the scar tissue, there was a brand new valve sitting there. My sister is a nurse. My Her yeah. husband is a surgeon. And they both stood by my bedside with their mouths open, just dumbstruck that the Lord and So had... they didn't put some, So the poor old pig made a sacrifice for me to and you had this new valve. Had this brand new valve, so they just sewed me up again. Wow! How amazing was that? So, so in my first couple of years in the Lord, I've had the most amazing experiences. Yeah. And um, I think that's just cemented me in because my the next few years of my life were just totally devoted to the Lord. There was no question of where I should be or where I shouldn't be. And when I was in having my open heart surgery, I said to the doctors. Could you have a check and see how my uh, my liver's going and my kidney because I'd been diagnosed with a kidney disease as well? And they said, you've got two perfectly healthy kidneys and a very, very healthy liver. So without me even asking the Lord, he just fixed all of my internal organs just without mm. me even asking. And that in itself just blew me away. I thought, I'm not leaving this man for anything. He's a keeper. <laughs> so, you, so you've received the Holy Spirit. You, I assume you got baptised. I did two weeks later after I got out two of hospital. Later. Yes. Right. So, so you received the Holy Spirit. You get healed of viral meningitis. You get healed of a, a faulty valve in your heart. You've been healed of your alcoholism. You've been healed of cirrhosis of the liver. Your kidney disease is gone. And this is all within a few years. Yes, all in, two, in a wow. matter of two years. Wow, that's amazing. I'm not sure if anybody else got healed during that time. The Lord was too busy with me. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Well, that certainly must have boosted your faith uh, over those years. Oh, yes, absolutely. And and then you know I was in a um, in the Sydney Fellowship in those days, and every every single week, you know, every Wednesday night meetings, every Saturday afternoon, every prayer and fast, every Sunday two meeting, I was there. You couldn't have stopped me. I was just so so thrilled with this God who just healed me. You know. And so when did you move up to the Sunshine Coast in Queensland? Uh, eight years ago, nine years ago now, nine years. It's um, a great part of the world, isn't it, with oh, a great fellowship up there? Just beautiful. And um, and it was like any other fellowship. You walked in and straight away you welcomed and you were at home and they're instant family. So um, it's been wonderful. It is amazing. I mean, I've travelled around a lot of places and, and you, you arrive at a place and you meet these people who like you have, have received the Holy Spirit, and you just have this instant bond with them. You've never met them before, you don't know them, but they just feel like family. Yes. It's just a mind-blowing. Yes. One spirit. The spirit unites yeah, absolutely. us. Yeah, it's very cool. So since uh, those first couple of years, what else has the Lord done for you? The, one, the most significant, I think, for me just more recently than that, I was at a Christmas camp down in Newcastle, walking to a prayer meeting, stepped on a rock, and my foot snapped and um, I broke my ankle, absolutely screaming my head off in pain. 
so much so that Neil had to get in the car and drive me to the hospital, Newcastle Hospital. And, and on Neil's the, your husband? Yes. And, yep. and uh, we're praying the whole way and I get a text from one of the, the, the guys in the fellowship at the camp. They said, this text said, we've stopped all activities, we're all praying for you. And as soon as I read that text, the pain left my foot totally pain-free. By the time we drove up to the hospital, I felt like a bit of a fraud because I wasn't in any pain. But when I went to stand I assume your your ankle was swelling or it swollen up. Nothing. 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 Wow. And and so, but by the time I, so I went to stand up when I got to the hospital, but I couldn't. So I got into the waiting room. There wasn't a soul there. This is Saturday afternoon in Newcastle <laughs> Hospital when it should have been packed with sports people or yeah, injuries of sort. There wasn't a soul there. I went up to the counter. They said, into the x-ray room, straight up into the x-ray room, and there was this terrible break, this nasty break right in my ankle. And, and you so, saw the x-rays that showed, showed that break? Yes, yes. Very significant break. So they put a half cast on it because they said that my ankle would swell severely. And because I, I take warfarin blood thinners, they said it would be terribly bruised as well. So 10 days later, I had to go to the fracture clinic and have a full cast put on it. Well, when they took the second x-ray at the plaster clinic, there was no sign of a break. Assume me this time frame you'd prayed, you know, you oh, prayed for that. I had some very, very serious conversations with my God. I'll share you something that's very personal to me, but I think it's significant. I have Celtic skin. It's very white and very freckly, and I have very, very thin legs. And I used to say, oh, I hate my legs. They are so skinny and they're so white and so freckly. And when I'm sitting in in my lounge chair, unable to shower myself or dress myself or cook meals, I sat there and I said, oh, Lord, I've never appreciated how wonderfully I am made. My legs are beautiful and and they work. They actually take me from place to place. I am so sorry. When they're not broken, of course. I said, I am so sorry I criticised your creation. It's beautiful. And I think that moment I was healed because I was to go to the fracture clinic the next day and there was no sign of a break. No sign at all. No. So, so oh, they said that there was an old break there that um, that had calcified, and it was a quite an old break. But there, there was no there was no new break there at all. And so they took the cast off and had and the I ice. stood up and walked out of the hospital. Oh wow, that's fantastic! Praise the Lord. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. That'll give uh, hope to plenty of people listening. And so that was just a couple of years ago, was it? Oh uh, yeah, just before we came up to the Sunshine Coast. Yeah, okay. so. yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Well, you've certainly got plenty to be thankful for, haven't you? Yes, yes. The most significant one, though, is it was two years ago when um, I was—I thought I was well. I was really, really firing on all cylinders, and and because of my heart, I have to go for regular checkups to the hospital. But on Christmas Eve in two thousand and nineteen, I wasn't feeling the best, and that night on on Christmas Eve around midnight. I went to bed and I started to drown in fluid and I couldn't quite understand what was going on. So what do you mean what do you mean by you started to drown in fluid? I was li- I was lying flat and all of a sudden I was choking. I, I, I was just choking, I couldn't breathe. So I said to Neil, 
I think you need to take me to the hospital. And by the time he got dressed, I'd collapsed. There was no way in the world I was moving. So he called an ambulance and the ambulance arrived and said that um, that I was uh, I had pneumonia and I was in uh, rapid atrial fibrillation and that I was in acute heart failure. And wow. they, when I was in the ambulance going to the hospital, they very severely rebuked me. They told me off. They said, do you realise that if you'd left this another couple of hours, your husband would have woken up to a corpse? And wow. I said, really? Like that? And um, anyway, so... I survived that. I, I went. I was in hospital for quite a long time. All the saints were praying for me. But um, a, a couple of months later, I had to go in for an echo scan just to see what caused the problem. And the lady doing the echo scan panicked and she said, I don't normally do this, but I'm going to have to call a cardiologist in here because I need somebody to witness what I'm seeing. And the cardiologist came in and they just both stood there Oh my gosh, they said. And I said, what's going on? And they said, we can't even get your heart to register an output. Really? So they were pumping me full of that nuclear medicine type injections to try and make the blood flow shine in the dark. Yeah. And uh, they couldn't get it to work. And so when it was all over, she said, this girl just came up and hugged me. And she said, I'm so sorry. I said, what for? She said, your heart is struggling so hard to keep you alive, it will stop any day and there's nothing we can do about it. What did you think at that point? I, I was sort of went, I did go into shock. I went into mm. shock, but I started to laugh because I, I felt so well. I mean, there was no sign in my body that anything was wrong. And I went out into the waiting room and I just looked at Neil and I said, they just told me I'm going to die. And as I said that, the Holy Spirit just rose up inside me and this voice in my head just screamed at me and it said, no, no, no. And I said to Neil, forget what I just said. I said, I am not going to die. And so we went home. Straight away, I got out my scriptures and I started, these these scriptures just started flooding into my head. You know, Which, what scriptures particularly? Anything particular? The Psalm twenty-seven thirteen says, "I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living." I was and and let God's word be true, and every man a liar. Romans three verse four. That one, that one was my absolute rock. Every time the doctors gave me bad news, I went, I rebuked that. Let God's word be true and every man a liar. And then, then I started thinking, well, I'm going to look up all the scriptures of the heart. And Proverbs 23 verse 7 says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So I just went around saying, I'm healed. I think it in my heart. I am healed. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So I refuse to have anybody around me that spoke sickness or death over me. I didn't want anyone feeling sympathy for me. I wouldn't have any unbelief whatsoever around me. <laughs> and um, every time people would get, Michelle, how are you? Oh, I'm on top of the world. You know, me and my God, we're going to fight this. And, and that scripture that says in Psalm 107 verse 20, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. And so I walked around the house 
reading scriptures out loud so that I could hear the word of God, so I could speak the word of God, and I could believe it in my heart. And I did that four or five hours a day. I would listen to healing talks and I would, because I'm a singer, I used to put the choruses on and I would sing and sing and sing. Let the Spirit of the Lord saturate your soul. I just went through every scripture, all the songs that I could think of, and I just listened to healing talks four or five hours a day. Such a powerful thing, isn't it? Because, you know, when we're facing such adversity, we have all this negative talk. The doctors tell us this, right? We have our own thoughts in our head, you know, which which work against because uh, we work against the promises of God because we often think, you know, the what could happen, what's going to happen, how am I going to deal with this? Mm. And by reading the scriptures and constantly listening to positive, you know, reinforcement of scripture and listening to talks and those things just continually push the bad negative thoughts oh, out. Look, I could they? have very easily gone into a big black hole. But oh, every no time I felt like I was slipping, I'd go, no, I could hear that voice again. No, no, no. And I just I just went, no, God's already spoken and this is the way it's going to be. And praise the Lord, five months later, I get one of those computer-generated letters from the hospital to say, come in for another echo scan. Well, I went in for the echo scan. Nobody even said to me, how have you been or anything. I waltzed in there. And I got a phone call from the hospital saying, Michelle, can you come in and pack a bags for a couple of days? And I said, what's going on? And they said, we'll tell you when you get here. So I rolled up to the hospital and they said, your heart output has improved so much that we can actually operate on you now. They said, what have you been doing? And I just said, just praying, just talking to my God. And they said, well, keep it up because it seems to be working. So up until that point, because it was your heart was so weak, that they, were, they nobody bothered to contact me. They just they were waiting for me to die. To die, yeah. Yeah, no follow-up, no check-up, no anything. And so I went in and I had my open-heart surgery. And I had Pastor Bill come in and he said to me, what is it that you want, Michelle? And I said, I want no pain. And I want a total healing out of this. And so when I went in for that open heart surgery, I had no pain in the recovery. I was up and walking within a couple of days. I was visiting all the other patients in the wards and my recovery was so, so miraculous. And I just, I just knew every, because I had this, I had my scriptures all, I took the book, (laughs) I've got the book full of scriptures and I just took it with me to the hospital and every day I would just praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. There was no whinging or moaning. I just rejoiced in the Lord. It was just wonderful. And when you've got that trust in the Lord, it's, it's an easy, it's so easy when you put your trust in the Lord. I didn't worry. Every day now I wake up in the mornings and I go, yes, I've got another day. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) Each day is a bonus. And here you are, right, with a story that you can now tell other people, whether they're believers or not. Well, I did say to the Lord, I said to the Lord now, what, now that I'm here, what is it exactly that you'd like me to do? I'm sure there's a purpose. And he just went, speak. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 
So whether you're a believer and you're struggling with something and have now the inspiration on perhaps how to approach your healing or whether you're a non-believer and listening to this and want to know how God can have this power in your life, then uh, yeah, get in touch and we'd, uh, we'd love to talk to you about it. Yeah, that's great. Fantastic. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for sharing your, they're not really, I mean, they're your stories, right? But they really belong to, the glory belongs the to Lord. God, right? Oh, for, my word. For, for his amazing, for his amazing, not only provision, but healing and miracles in your life. It's just uh, so wonderful that you're here to tell those stories. So thank you. It's always a pleasure to give glory to the Lord. Amen. Thanks, Ben. Well, wasn't that just amazing? Thanks, Michelle. What an array of amazing miracles that God's done in your life. And it's boosted my faith. I hope others that are listening to that feel the same level of confidence that God can heal you right now from whatever it is that's ailing you. If you want to know more about how God can heal you or how he can change your life or how he can set you on a direction, a new direction, then please reach out. You can do that via Instagram and Facebook via the webpage revivalontheairtoday.com or sending an email podcast at revivalontheairtoday.com. Until next time, God bless.